welcome to episode 11. Um, here with Greg, and we're here with Jack Hello. Cochran. How are you? Hi, Jack. How are you? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. We're, uh, Glad to be here. Yeah. Not nervous at all. Not yet. Are you? Are you nervous? No. I thought I would be. You look pretty nervous. We were trying to think of things to make you feel really uncomfortable at the start. Absolutely go for it. Just to ease you in. Uh, We're just in from a swim. We we went for a quick dip. You're a fucking stupid idea. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Greg. That's really... Sorry. You invited me. I did tell him to. Okay, fair. Yeah. Okay. Well, Jack also did a 20k run. Before this podcast, which is insane. We should point out that this was all before nine o'clock. Yeah, all well before nine o'clock, yeah. Because he's amazing. Shut up, I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, I guess. Also, Greg and I are sitting here with like terrible posture and I'd just like to point out that Jack's, Jack's in like some fucking yoga posture. <laughs> I don't, uh, no, stop You regularly sit like this? No, uh, I have been more conscious of it lately because I've found um, when I... Oh, it's got because I did a twenty k run this morning. It sounds like I exercise loads. I don't. I have um, I have a, like I have stages where I'll do loads of one thing. Currently, it's running. Yeah. Um, and I completely consume myself with what I'm doing at the time, whether it be running or surfing or sometimes yoga or whatever. Um, mm. and during doing those things, I'll as I said, consume myself and make sure that I'm being the best version of that person. Yeah. So like oh, yeah, no. I am conscious of how I sit and walk at times. Okay. Just like even uh we were talking about Alyssa before. Alyssa's my wife. Sorry to bring her up this early. We were saying <laughs> that she's amazing and she's a great cook. Yeah. And all sorts of great things. That's yeah. that's what we no, were saying. She uh, she recently went to uh physio in Kilkill because she's got really bad shin splints. Oh right. And she oh, has now suck, yeah. altered how she walks. Really? Um and that I guess to a point has thought me a little bit about you know how i can you know prevent injury yeah yeah um, and focus on like prehabilitation and not rehab once you're actually already in pain yeah, yeah. so like i do i do <clears throat> i don't sit differently but i am conscious of how i especially after like i mean i finished a run 40 minutes ago and i'm a little bit you know feeling it like yeah uh, so my hips and stuff do get quite stiff and how, how i hold my back is uh have to Very be important. aware of it like yeah Hey, Greg, we should have done that. Yeah. Pre- preventative maintenance. <laughs> well, I, what, I, like, what I will say about you lads is it did seem like uh, like the, the running yous were doing, I was just like, oh my God, the two lads are, because I obviously didn't know you as runners. Um, no, because well, we, we aren't, Jack. Yeah, but we went we went out of touch. Like, Sorry, we should probably tell people that we all went to school together. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, and we were, maybe we should preface this whole yeah. episode by saying if We've you kind of jumped in three we? hours, yeah. this is what you're going to need. We should also probably be... introduce Jack. Yeah, so. Oh, yeah, we've really gotten into it, in fairness. <laughs> so we're going to talk about coffee, we're going to talk about cars, we're going to talk about fitness, we're going to talk about us being in school together. This is yeah. going to be yeah. a three hour episode, so just yeah. fucking get comfortable. Plug in. I also, love, yoga pose. I also love listening to myself, so I'm looking forward to listening to that. Like, oh, class. cool. <laughs> that is a joke. <laughs> oh, Jack came with jokes. Oh yeah, so we're supposed to, we're supposed to open with some jokes. Does yeah, anybody Jack. have some? You fucking up the format of the Sorry. show. No, it's fine. It's Sorry. great. Do you have any it. jokes, Jack? <laughs> he well, you were out of the room, weren't you? Yeah, Greg, he was. Yeah. Greg said to me before we uh, before we sat down, he was like, "I believe you have some jokes." Yeah, we, <laughs> a little birdie told us that you Sorry, might. Sorry, I don't. I've got two jokes. Right, one of them is not applicable. 
Okay. So I'm not going to use it. Do you it's want to tell us we can edit it out? It's a do, visual joke. I have to do hand gestures. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to, I'll do it and explain it. So I'll everyone's it, like. We'll see if people find okay, it funny. So, anyway, yeah. uh, this is a, a, a joke of a friend who I went to college with who now, who's from West Cork and a lot of people in West Cork, Dunman Way specifically, have British accents. Oh, I'll probably what? get murdered for saying that. Yeah. Oh. Well, I, I mean, him and two others who I went to college with in Carlo were, um, they were from Dunmanway and they had British accents. And I was like, what's the crack with that? Like, yeah, and yeah. they were like, there is a small, uh, like, I don't know if the right word is like colony. <laughs> no, should I not say that? <laughs> it's fine. I, just, I, was just, I knew you were going to say that word. And uh, I was like, that's, that's, that's. There that's. is a small selection of people <laughs> who moved from the UK to Dunmanway yeah. in Cork. I think yeah. I'm kind of making this up. Um, and that's why. I there's that all the time. But I guess like, I guess, uh, They've lived there for a long time and they've like, uh, <laughs> they've been breeding British accents in West Cork for a long time. So anyway, he told me this joke and I thought it was hilarious. Uh, it's too, lo- a lobster walks into a bar and uh, the barman says, get out your bod. And then uh, the lobster says, what the bloody heck have I done? And then the barman, uh, with a hand gesture of uh, closing and opening his hand, says, <laughs> you coming here, giving it all that. <laughs> That's great. Uh, that so worked. bad. Very good. I, I don't know if it great. did. Like, people are going to be like, hand well. gestures of opening and closing their hands, that does not make even a little <laughs> bit of sense like this. Oh, oh fuck. Like, lobster Okay, so not clap. Yeah, lobster yeah, yeah, yeah. hands. Think okay. Zoidberg yeah. from Futurama. Exactly. Yeah. What's your other joke? Yeah, you say you got two. I this is again, six. This again, because you lads have amassed such a huge audience, um, we should say <laughs> hey, that... we uh, have 100 followers We then. should say that... Uh, no, I'm being, being completely serious. Uh, we should say that uh, people outside of Ireland might not quite get this, but anyway, there's two ducks flying from Belfast to Scotland on a little holiday. Right. Do you know this one? No. No. Unreal. <laughs> and uh, one duck says to the other duck, quack, quack. Your man responds back, I can't go any quacker. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I absolutely love that more than anything. The great thing is you can't use these again because people are going to hear them. No, we're just going to edit yours out. Or people will say, Jack Cochran, he's a complete shy talker. I definitely don't want to listen to him talk shy with another two shy talkers. (laughs) So I'm not listening to that. This is probably a really poor choice of episode. (laughs) Greg, you look like you've got some jokes lined up. Yeah, he's been like eagerly looking at the phone, smiling. Like, can't wait to tell this one. Pre-reading them in his head. Go for it. I'm still going to misspeak them though. What did the Dalmatian... Say after lunch. Don't know. That hit the spot. <laughs> Jack's winning so far. I, I tried not to laugh, but I couldn't yeah, control it. No, it's good when you don't laugh because he feels okay. he feels terrible. Okay. That's great. Uh, why did the child cross the playground? I don't know. To get to the other slide. <laughs> oh, That's not a good one. Greg. I'm, I'm, actually like that one. I'm never going to tell yeah, it. It's like again. a subtle. I like that. I'll try one. Oh no! At least start doing <laughs> jokes now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, knock, knock. Who's there? I eat mop. I eat mop. Who? I eat mop. Oh god! I think you could have pronounced that better. <laughs> yeah, I think let's enunciate go again. your words. Knock, then. knock. This is going really well. By Who's the way. there? I eat mop. I eat mop. Who? That's disgusting, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> I've been completely done. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking did him. He's a guest. Oh, yeah, sorry. 
Okay, oh, one shit. last one. Why don't ants get sick? I don't know. Anti-venom something? They've got antibodies. Very mm. good. <sighs> yeah, sorry, guys. Very good. Sorry. All right, can we get on with the show now? Let's get back on track. Is that terrible. where it goes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll add that in, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll add that sound in post, yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's 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 go. So we will mention that we were in school together. So we yeah. were in school together. I wasn't always in your. Actually, do you know my first memory of you is? Oh no. No offense, right? Yeah. I was a little bit afraid of you. Yeah, I get that a lot. Where do you? I thought I was quite friendly. You are very friendly. You were aggressively friendly. Okay, I'll wow. take that. <laughs> That's fine. I like that. We no, were very yeah, young. Yeah. <laughs> you were friends with Becky, my older sister. Uh, I yeah, think. I was, yeah, my yeah. first memory of you anyway maybe I knew you before was we were down the green Becky was down the green in yeah. Redford and yeah. you were hanging out and I came down and I was like this is a little shy like what the <laughs> fuck and you were like this wild really fun like animated guy and I was like who the fuck is that guy he's yeah. terrifying <laughs> <laughs> he is such a big personality yeah yeah, yeah. so that's Thank my you. first memory of you that's hilarious yeah do you remember uh, Ollie who we were in school with yeah he's yeah. obviously literally one of my closest friends now yeah uh, he he, he he told me his his first memory of me not recently but I'll always remember he used to say that I bullied him and I was like what, what? No, of course I didn't that's complete lies apparently uh, because when he <laughs> moved to Ireland he had a South African accent uh, because he lived in South Africa yeah <laughs> and uh, like I'd I, I'd ask him something knowing that he'd have to answer with no but he pronounced it like I'm not going to try and he, he'd Do say it. like no yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I used to chase him around Redford Park where we all lived yeah. going no 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 <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, that I, I, I don't remember that but like that is completely it's a yeah, horrendous way to treat another human like, <laughs> and I hear these stories sometimes I'm like Jesus Christ are you sure well, you've got the right man maybe there's another Jack in Redford who is a wild man I don't think so <laughs> but look it worked out well you yeah. are very good friends now yeah, good. yeah. True. I haven't seen Ollie in a while um, so you I don't know you, we all went to school together and then you yeah. went off you went you did, did you go to college? Yes, I did. Um, <clears throat> I I always get slagged for this because I don't quite remember the the title of my course. But I, I mean, I wasn't going to college. In fact, at the end of coming to the end of fifth year, I was like, I mean, I never seriously considered dropping out of school. In fact, I got like a, a like a flawless attendance record in sixth year. Did you? I didn't miss a day. Whoa! So I'm not going to go off and pretend like I was one of those bleeding bad boys who was, you know. I'm out of here, like, but yeah. I did consider not finishing school because I wanted to pursue um, something more kind of like hands on, or I was mad into like uh, woodwork and stuff. Um, and and anyway, my mum was like, Now you're going to college, don't be ridiculous. And I was like, Well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm coming up to the point where we had to fill out our CAO. I really did, I really hadn't, I really didn't want to go to college so much that I just didn't bother doing it. Okay, yeah. So she did it for me. No. <laughs> and she does, like that's a that's Great. a that's kind of characteristic of my mum. She does do uh, she does all that sort of stuff for me. She was also like relatively uh, I don't want to sound like an ass, but she was kind of high up in like the grants in Dublin. Mm. So she did all that for me as well yeah. okay. whether or not I should have actually gotten a grant I don't know but I did so it was great oh, nice <laughs> yeah. probably shouldn't bring that up <laughs> um, I'll edit that out but uh, she so she she put me up for the like I can't remember what my other choices were uh, maybe I didn't even know them at the time but what I did was uh, I think it was uh, business management and coaching and then in brackets oh. on the title was rugby so it was oh, essentially you used to play rugby a lot, didn't you? It was essentially mm. 
a course based on how to do like finances, accounting, uh, and marketing. And they kind of base the course around running a rugby club. Okay. Oh, but right. the uh, but obviously the marketing and finances you can only do so much at a rugby club. So those uh, modules, I think, is the right word, were you know more kind of detailed than just running a rugby club. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then for a good percentage of the course, we also just trained on how to play play rugby, which. At the time, I was like, like before college, I was like, oh, jeez, thanks, mom. That's brilliant. And I got accepted. That's great. But I actually hated rugby. Did I you really? Yeah, no, I didn't enjoy it at all. And I played it for years. Um, and I didn't particularly hate playing it. I didn't like the politics that came with playing rugby in a club. Right. Um, and I've seen, and I've seen that in other sports now. And it does somewhat make me steer away, steer away cool. from uh, like kind of team sports. Really? And even like... Um, I think part of the reason we've started kind of chatting again is the fact that you are running and I'm running. Um, and you're this insane athlete. No, stop. But when, <laughs> okay. when I do, uh, when I do, when I, when I, when I started doing uh, triathlon a couple of years ago, I, I saw it to an extent, like even in, you know, particular groups that would train together, you would yeah. see like the politics that are associated with uh, team sports and, you know, bigger clubs, you would see that. In... What, what do you mean when you say the politics? I actually genuinely don't know. Well, it's actually, it's a phrase my dad used to describe why I didn't like going down to the rugby club and I never really understood it either. And I still, to be honest with you, don't entirely get it, but it is essentially, I think what he meant and what I mean, and maybe mm-hmm. I'm phrasing it wrong, but what he means is just like the clicks that are involved right. yeah, with the clubs um, and kind of, how you're almost at times focusing your energy on fitting in to you know the club because and the team spirit yeah and like and and I guess with the rugby club as well uh, like there's there is this idea that maybe people who go to private schools would obviously play rugby more because it is a big part of being in a private school yeah uh, and especially in Dublin Um, and then they would obviously do better because they practice more in clubs and then well, you know, if, yeah, I, I might be, you know, coming from St. David's like, oh, your man's getting chosen because he went to a private school. But it's not the case. He just practiced more and was better at rugby. Okay. Um, And I think I, I got this idea. And like, it was the same. I played GAA for a couple of years from the age of like 15. And I saw it there as well, but maybe not to the same extent. <laughs> but it is definitely a thing in, a, in, in clubs that have mm. team sports. Um, and, I, and I guess it's like, it is like, it's, you know, from elite all the way down to like just playing for a bit of crack, and there's like clicks within those groups, and I I, I really didn't like that, and I yeah. also wasn't very good at rugby for the length of time I actually played it. What mm. position did you play? Uh, I was a fullback and a winger. Oh, very cool. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I, like I I really was. I'm not. I'm not. I was bad. Like I was quick. Yeah, and that's that was what about it. Like, kept you yeah. going. There's and always a bit of a feeling of like it's competitive, but not in a positive sense. In rugby these, in the just in the, in these kind of club sports i find and there's always like favoritism and stuff yeah and so yeah. i would never really enjoyed being part well, of those yeah of and I, I completely agree with you and i think what it is for me is and i actually i i joked about this recently with Alyssa and another friend of mine who i run with a bit um and we were saying how like now that i've been practicing say running for an example for a long time it was swimming i re- like swimming completely took over my life for a while um but uh, when I was when I was when I got really into running, I started with a small group of my friends. Say, yeah. And um, when we were when we were initially running, it was like this is great. But then you know, if they took a weekend off, I might do two runs over that weekend. And then 
we will become kind of separated because I might be slightly more practiced in uh, running. And then I've, I've found like I'm inviting people running now and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like they don't, you know, they don't come. They and don't I'm like, what's up. the crack with that? Like, yeah, yeah, because you're really good at it. No, I don't <laughs> think it's that. I think it's just, I think people get this idea that like, because also even if, yes, of course, I can maybe do a 5K quicker than you, that's because... I've practiced it more. There's things you can do that I can't do. Like you can both play music. I wouldn't even know. Like I don't even know. I mean, I was gonna say it's a guitar, but it's got four strings, so it's something to do with bass, maybe. No, anyway, no. What I'm getting at is like, there's us. things that you are obviously a lot more well practiced in. And if I took a couple of months off running, you would very quickly become, you know, as practiced in the in the in that sport as I am. But um, the the what I'm getting at, I think, is. <laughs> uh, with running it is it, it is also like i mean most of my running and people don't see it because i don't put it on social media but most of my running is very very slow because i don't want to get injured yeah and you yeah, see the benefits true. of that now that you are oh, yeah. both struggling yeah because yeah. you go out like and you're always trying to do your pbs and you're like stupid ah, isn't sure it? i did it in 22 minutes the last time wouldn't it be class to do it in under 22 minutes this time then you're injured and you can't run for two months yeah and it's like why well, did i bother in the first place yeah <laughs> very that's, that's me. Um, and sorry i'm still awful for that but you will see now like if you're on my strava you'll see like pretty much all my runs are 5 35 40 pace okay yeah yeah, yeah. nice steady yeah and, and and I get home and even after it's morning I think I can't remember what I finish up and it was like five something and I feel absolutely grand yeah, yeah you do yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, had I done it at a 4.30 which I've done before and I'm capable of doing it I'd be in bits like, and I probably wouldn't be able to take on my next desired challenge yeah, if that yeah. makes sense which is uh, I I don't want to say because then say? I absolutely have to do it okay okay but fair. I'm going to say because okay. then I absolutely have yeah. to do it <laughs> Uh, my plan is on the 3rd of April I mean I'm really not that strict about the date but it just gives me some sort of a training schedule to do a 50k run fuck me and I guess like that would be fine if you were doing it over a day but I'd like to do it at quicker than a six minute a kilometer pace if that makes sense okay that's a long time yeah to be doing that are you doing it by yourself are you doing it with anyone there is a fella uh there's a fella doing the run, but we're obviously, I don't think we'll do it together because yeah. he's in Greystones and I'm in Ashford. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, unless like the lockdowns are gone by then, I'll yeah. probably do it. Yeah. Well, we have our triathlon as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Are you do yeah. that. When is that? You've kindly so agreed. The that, 18th of March. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I should absolutely know that. <laughs> it almost uh, got called off. Why? Uh, well, my knee was absolutely fucked. Yeah. And Greg wasn't getting in the sea at all. And okay. It's, it's quite cold. Well, I assume um, he's going to wetsuit up, right? Yeah, we're wetsuiting. Yeah. Because yeah. Elliot just, is I actually think I have a double spare wetsuit, which would fit both of if you want. Well, I actually just ordered some. <laughs> okay, uh, great. Just the other day, I, I, now I ordered like the fucking cheapest ones we could find. They're like yeah. 100 quid. Well, I have a swimming wetsuit that would fit you if you want it, Greg. I if you have one as well, he ordered that's, good. that's good. That's good. That's good. Well, thank you, Jack. Yeah. If you don't fucking wear the one I've ordered for you, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. The old guidelines probably wouldn't be ideal swapping wetsuits. No, like, oh yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, we're gonna be really safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you've done a triathlon before, right? Because you did King of Greystones. I, yeah, I've done, done a few. I'm not shitting you, not like like before we you came on the thing. I was like, fuck, we should ask Jack about triathlons because he's done one. I forgot yeah. you did one. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. So we think we can both do, we can easily do a 20K. So we've both cycled more than that anyway. Yeah. We can do a 5K run. No bother, yeah. doesn't blow up. It's just the swimming that is yeah, well, I, concerning me. I don't, like, again, I'm really, I'm really not that advanced in the whole triathlon thing, but I have done one. Yeah. I've done a few. 
Um, and it's always a case of uh, if someone says, geez, I'd love to do a triathlon, because it is obviously a massive achievement in any in any distance, like a triathlon is a big thing. Um, and the, the thing that always scares people is the swimming. Yeah. Um, always. Especially, I think, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, for someone who maybe is coming from just swimming and decides I want to do a triathlon, obviously not. Okay, but if yeah. someone is maybe getting into like, oh, geez, I went out for a 3K run last night and I enjoyed it. Yeah. And then the following week does a 5K and they're like, I think I'd like to do a triathlon. And like... That's a big leap. Fab. Yeah. Uh, love your work. But um, the the swimming always scares the crap out of people. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, they're like literally scared of drowning. It's not like, will I get, will I get through 750 meters of swimming? It's like, what happens if I get to like 500 meters and I literally can't swim anymore and I die? That's, honestly, <laughs> that's my fear, yeah. Yeah, I, and like, and obviously that's a, that is a fair fear, but and I don't have any concrete advice for you, but uh, how long does you'll, you'll be Grant. Okay. <laughs> how long should it take you to swim? So obviously it depends Sorry, what on I will say, but... what I will say on like to, to expand on you'll be Grant, um, it's, like your thought how to swim. This is another thing that I learned from Alyssa's physio, who is my physio, but she uses them more because she's she's in pain. Uh, your thought how to swim and your thought how to cycle, but you're never thought how to run. That's very true. true yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which I thought was really interesting, and I think that's why injuries come with running. And obviously, yeah. just there's a lot of impact and stuff. But uh, we're, like we're all able to keep ourselves afloat with swimming. Um, I mean, I know that because we all swam together. But, <laughs> yeah, but to do true. 750 meters, it is like it is quite a distance. But once you practice some sort of a, a correct swimming technique, you'll very quickly be like, ah, this is actually. For me, anyway, I definitely found, and I think for a lot of people who I've spoken to about this, they've gone, yeah, actually, once like you do kind of five or six swims where you're conscious of your form, it actually becomes kind of, I think, like probably the least challenging task. Oh, okay. For, for me, now, when you're actually doing a triathlon, it's different because swimming the 750 meters during a triathlon is obviously a challenge in itself, but during during an actual race, the terrifying part is that, especially for the sprint distance, and um, the seven hundred and fifty meter swim, you're you've got people like swimming over you, grabbing you, well, that you know, be like whacking you yeah. in the back of the head. Oh uh, God! Like they'll do anything, you know. To and that's why really? they. That's why, yeah. No, like it's really bad. I've, I've, I'm not gonna go out and say like you know I'm a lead athlete or anything, but like I've done it, where you just have someone who maybe is. You know, they, they haven't done many and they're not like maybe they're not that well practiced in swimming and they're kind of bumping into you loads and loads and loads. And you're like, you can only put up with so much. So do you keep trying to swim around them or do you just kind of like, you kind of just push them out of the way, but you're essentially swimming over them. Wow. And oh. it, it happened to me when I was first uh, doing the races and it is terrifying, but that's why they tear the, the entrance yeah, to the water usually. Yeah. Okay. Um, just get pummeled out of it like. Yeah, like it is. It's absolutely terrifying. Would you say, like, because uh, you've done a lot of sports in your life, when you get on the pitch or when you get on your triathlon, do you get like a, you know, like a Formula One driver visor down? That's you're in a different um, mode. I think. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Sounds I, I like think it, that's yeah. probably fair to say. Like, I yeah. mean, again, like, and this is something that like I've somewhat come to terms with recently, but like. Going back to team sports, I'm really not that competitive and it's probably why I didn't thrive in team sports and it's probably why... I mean, I don't consider myself competitive whatsoever. Mm. Um, but, uh, like, I really don't want to keep talking about Alyssa. I hate when people keep talking about their wife. That's okay. <laughs> it's quite endearing. But also, uh, anyway, 
uh, she's always like you are competitive because everything you do or sign up to do with people uh, you always want to win but yeah. it's very rare that like when I sign up to do either a triathlon with someone or to do like a month challenge of running or whatever that I'm in it to win it <laughs> against like the other people yeah it's usually that I've done something similar before and I really 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 want to do better than I did last time yeah so you're yeah, competitive yeah. with yourself and of on. course because maybe I've trained with these people before it's very healthy to have competition amongst the group but it will mean a lot more to me that I bet that I uh, improved on my last time or record mm. than I did be Greg or Elliot. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean that's going to happen, so you don't worry about that. <laughs> no, but I mean like what, what like okay, so I'll, get, I'll give you an example. What I signed up for a triathlon in Blessington and yeah. it was a an Olympic distance, so it was 100 1500 meter swim, <laughs> a 40 kilometer cycle and a 10k run. And uh, there was me was it me and a me and a friend, and then a, a a kind of a friend who was my barber in town when we had the shop in town. Mm. And um, I remember he texts me the morning of and goes, "Oh, I'm doing a triathlon in Wicklow because he's from Dublin. There's no chance you're doing it." And I haven't done that many, but it just by chance I was doing it. And I was like, "Oh yeah, class. Uh, I'll see you there." And I saw him there, and this man is an athlete, like. And I mean, I didn't know that at the time. I knew he boxed and stuff. So like, I mean, boxers are traditionally quite fit. And I was like, "But there's no way he'll be like a decent triathlete." And um, we, I, I, I saw him just, I saw him getting out of the water. I think, and I was like, "Oh shit, he's flying!" Mm. And then, uh, and subsequently, he beat me by quite a bit. And I remember just the joy of going. I didn't even know he did triathlon, and he's after beating me. And like, of course, like, I could only feel joy for him. <laughs> But it did give me like, oh, if we're doing a triathlon together, now that's my target. Like, yeah, oh, hell yeah. But it yeah, wasn't. It wasn't that I wanted to beat him. It yeah. was like I wanted to you know, do better than what you did. Last yeah, exactly. Time. Yeah, it's yeah. healthy competition. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Speaking but of- I, uh, sorry to answer your question. Yes, certainly. I think like, and I think most people do, and it it, it could just be like a masking of nerves. Yeah, if that makes sense, because yeah. like. I'm absolutely shitting it, like when I'm standing there because yeah, I think starting off the swim is terrifying um, but they start off the swim I think because if you were to do like especially at longer distances if you were to do that swim after like running a marathon you could actually die you could oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely you'd yeah. be bollocks yeah um, so I think to kind of mask nerves and oh there's loads going on when you're standing there like not to get too into it but like you're also thinking about the fact that like you might need to, you know, use the toilet as well. Yeah. So you have a lot going on in your head, like, yeah. um, and you do just kind of have to shut off everything and focus on the task in hand. That's, yeah, I do that similar thing. I just don't mm. talk. I assume I do it has to be somewhat similar to when you're about to go on stage for a few hours. You do, I guess, have to go, this is it now. Oh, I shouldn't, yeah. I'm really nervous. And do you, do you put the visor down? As you said, I actually really like that phrase. I'm going to mm. put the visor down. Uh, <laughs> Sort of. You're shitting it. I found, I don't know about Elliot, but I always found like you'd be shitting it, shitting it, shitting it. You get play the first song and then you're like, oh, I'm doing this. And yeah. then it's fine. Yeah. Then you're not nervous anymore and then you yeah. relish it. I guess it's like it's like anything you get a rush from naturally. Yeah. <clears throat> anything that you naturally get a rush from, I mean. Sorry. Uh, no, that's fair. <laughs> there is always like, I guess like with uh, with anything that like, sorry, I'm not going to start... <laughs> rallying off quotes here but <laughs> anything worth having like it it's it's difficult like oh yeah and yeah, the, yeah. the difficulty 
is you know temporary and then there is that like feeling of absolute euphoria mm-hmm. and to feel the euphoria during the task in hand is really nice because you're always yeah. going to have that feeling of accomplishment after the task yeah but to get no. it during the task is great as well it it's is it's obviously yeah. easier i guess well sorry i shouldn't say it's easier because i don't know but i'm sure during music like i know it's somewhat labor intensive but you are just feeding off the crowd and like what you're hearing back whereas like during sport you're absolutely exhausted so i don't know i'm sure there is some crossovers and similarities but what about you? Are you nervous beforehand? Uh, I certainly used to be, yeah. Um, and You're a vet now. No, no, <laughs> not quite. Um, yeah, I, I would still get somewhat nervous, but it's not not as bad as normal. Like, yeah. usually, like, uh, back in the day, it'd be, like, the whole fucking day, I'd be like, shit, oh, no, and I'd have to pee, like, every two minutes, just nervous pee, mm-hmm. just, like... Um, and then now it's just like okay I can go about my day and then like 10 minutes before the thing you're like oh fuck mad, this is happening it? now and then, it, then you switch it on as you said you get out there and yeah. you're like oh, shit. Yeah. and then you switch it on but that's even like I think that's same like starting a job or anything yeah very true like yeah. everyone I think for the most part unless you're like really friendly with the company or working with or something when you're starting a job you're nervous that's terrifying and sure then after the first week you're trying to run the place like yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 I have these recommendations yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah speaking yeah. of running the place we obviously can't not bring up the fat fox yeah so we, oh, yeah, we've got to talk about that so and thank you for the flat whites by the way yeah oh, thank, no you yeah, thank you very much enjoy. um so yeah. how did uh, I don't I don't remember yeah, I didn't know you had a shop in town for ages. So yeah, oh, you really, went yeah. you went to college and then you I remember you were in the Happy Pair. Yeah. So how did like, you get into coffee? Like if you thought I was shiting on before. Oh, here, <laughs> oh, here, here we, we go. go. <laughs> I am I am genuinely aware of like the time because I do I actually do love talking about my uh, my journey in the industry I work in. Yeah. Um, but I could go on forever, so I'll try and get quickly up to where we are now okay um yeah like i guess well i suppose the i I didn't finish on my uh on college but it was a level seven and then to make it a level eight you do an add-on year to do uh i think it was called business management and mentoring Mm. still based around sport but way more applicable to real life um and i guess i really took hold and enjoyed the mentoring aspect and it was described to us and it's kind of how i see it now the mentoring is Rather than coaching or training, it's coaching or training someone how to coach or train. Oh, cool. Like right down to the simplicities of like, if you've got a team or group of people in front of you and the sun is in their eyes and they're trying to look at you while you speak to them, it doesn't make sense. You put the sun in your eyes because you don't really need to see them anyway. Okay. Um, Or like wind direction if you're trying to carry your voice to people or, and obviously that's more applicable to a pitch, but it's coaching people how to coach in their particular field, if that makes sense. Um, And I really took hold of that and I think around the time of or around the time I was working in a, I was working in Avoca for I was working I worked in Avoca for five years so coming out of college I think I was sorry during college I was still working in Avoca and then I got I was pestering a friend of mine Shane Murphy uh, who worked in the happy pair and then subsequently ended up actually being my uh, one of the groomsmen for my wedding oh, which really? is mad like that so it just shows how uh, relationships develop in the in the industry I work in and yeah. it's kind of a lot of my closest friends I have from that but um the I was just down pestering him every morning being like that really annoying customer hanging around at like two minutes to because <laughs> I was going to be late for work otherwise and I used to be like giving him the wink like and I could see he'd be like yeah 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 and like he's told me since that like it was literally the most annoying thing <laughs> that he's ever had to deal with like <laughs> and I was standing there like an absolute prick with my white shirt on and my black slacks like waiting for my I think I used to get like a a hazelnut 
mocha or something stupid. Whoa. Like, no judgment whatsoever. Yeah, there's a lot of judgment in that voice. But don't order that. Like. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a coffee. Um, and yeah, so, and, uh, and then I used to go up to Avoca. And I have to say, I learned more in Avoca than I've learned anywhere. And no shade in them. I absolutely loved it. Um, and I ended up, I was a supervisor there for three years, but I was quite young. Like, I was quite young when I was doing that. Um, and I saw like, I saw my, what I, what I learned, I guess, in college and, um, my people skills kind of take over and I was kind of flourishing and I was like, oh, maybe this is what I want to do. But for me, I always had this, I don't have to write, I always had this complex about the industry I work in even now that like, like, is this really my future? Like, do, cause I don't want to serve people for the rest of my life. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes I, sense. Like, yeah. Like we fought for years to not serve people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh God, yeah. I'm getting into it. Like no, and I genuinely do. Like I do think about that sometimes, and I'm like, I don't want to serve people. But then I look at the benefits of the industry I work in, and like the relationships I've developed, and also just like if you're, and obviously it's hard because, and I always explain it like, like if someone comes into the shop, if someone comes into the shop, they're like, they choose to come into the shop, and they come in you know, to an extent, sometimes based on their mood, mm-hmm. you know, like if they're in a good mood because they know we're probably going to chat to them. If they're not in a good mood, they'll probably go past and they'll go maybe somewhere that they're not as familiar with where they won't be bothered. But like we are there, okay, say in my case, I'm there 40 odd hours a week and under no circumstances can I essentially not be ready for whoever's coming at me. Yeah, I don't to, have that choice, you know? You have to play like I have to, a yeah. more amplified version yeah, of Yeah, and like even we had a staff meeting last night and I said to I said to the group, I was like, lads, I don't want you to not be yourself. I don't expect you to, I don't expect you to put on a show or, uh, or address people when they come into the shop like I do or like Rob does or like Alyssa does or Claire or anyone. Um, I expect you to, just be sound and just try and enjoy the job because a huge part of your job is customer service. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't think it's natural, uh, for us to serve people, but we've now obviously realized that it is, especially with all that's going on at the moment, it is such a massive part of like the world is customer service and, uh, the industry I work in now, which is coffee. Um, and the fact that it's being considered essential is mental, but also like, it's it's what a lot of people need like like we yeah, have people who come in we yeah. literally have people coming in in tears like yeah into the shop because they're excited about the fact that they get to communicate with someone really yeah we have we have you know like it's it's a small amount of people we have you know three or four people a week who will just come in and not get anything and just that 30 seconds because a car might drive in behind them because i work in a drive-thru um and but just that is enough for them, like really. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, but the, because the fat fox isn't just a, a coffee shop, like yeah. Sorry, so I'll, I'll yeah, I'll try it because I'm uh, I, like I'm, it's okay, I'm, I'm tangenting away. But so anyway, I, I finish out my time in Avoca and um, I was like like absolutely plaguing the happy pair out of it, hanging around like a madman outside. And I did, I guess, become quite friendly with them as a group. And then I was like, do I want to work here? Because do I want to ruin that? Yeah. Um, but also it was like my dream. It was two minutes from the house. Uh, it was everything that I, you know, thought was important in life. Uh, you know, being a vegan and doing handstands. And genuinely, that's what I thought was important. <laughs> so I got a job there and yeah, I loved yeah. it. And I yeah. absolutely loved it. And it was very important and it kept me happy. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, and I will also say that like working in the happy pair was one of the best experiences of my life. Um, wow. And you're great at handstands. 
genuinely yeah you I are. really really loved mm. it oh thank you I appreciate that I was I'm not anymore oh, I don't even know if I could do oh, I'm sure you anymore. could get it back in like a day maybe yeah um, but yeah I did I learned a lot about I think I learned a lot about myself I learned a lot about how to interact with people and how to be more you know open to other people's you know what they have gone on in life because previously I was very lucky that my well I don't know if you call it lucky but it's probably actually a bad thing that uh, as a group, my friends were very, I don't know if we were very open or not open, but for whatever reason, we, none of us ever dealt with the fact that like we might have stuff going on in life. I think that's pretty typical of young men, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you have talked about it enough and I do really appreciate that. Um, but that, I think I, I grew up quite quickly in the happy pair because everyone is so genuinely open mm. and it's very, uh, I think did you use the word fostered previously? Yeah. Love it absolutely love it it's th- that behavior is very Word fostered yeah. yeah um and i learned that there and it it it, it really did change me um and it also That's inspired great. my love and passion for coffee which i didn't even really realize i had like yeah um, cool. and it started out quite typically with like wanting to do latte art and look cool um and then very quickly was like sure like latte art doesn't even really matter it's just part of the experience for someone buying it a is, coffee yeah. mm. um and and then like quite quickly i was like super super into it and then uh we went to so right around the because i left the happy pair i think twice uh one time was to travel and then okay. one time was to go work in the company i work for now or yeah, okay. the company i have now oh um, oh what yeah i'll get to it oh. <laughs> right. okay uh so <laughs> we we uh so myself so Alyssa went to New York I think she lived there for a total of eight months and um and I went to visit her for about two weeks during it which to be honest with you was absolutely grand I'm not saying like uh long distance relationships are easy but I think because we had been together for a while and <clears throat> I had the option to go over to New York um and I didn't want to go and I did enjoy the time apart and I think we've realized that now working together that it is important to have time apart Mm. um and we had you know I visited her and then I knew that well I didn't anyway so I went to visit her in New York and then coming to to, coming towards the I was working still working in the happy pair at the time and they had discussed potentially buying a roaster to roast coffee and uh the so Alyssa was coming to her at the end of her trip in New York and was uh, she was saying, Look, I don't know if I'm ready to come home and I was like, Oh shit. Oh. Is this us? Like yeah. panicking, like Yeah, yeah. Of course um, you would. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like and I'm like, Well, I'm not going to also she's an American citizen. So like there's Is no she? Yeah. Oh, wow. she was born in Orange County. Oh. So has a has an American citizenship. Wow. For Didn't obvious re- obvious reasons we're not going there. But uh <laughs> I mean, they're in the conversation. I don't no. mean they're physically. No judgment on American people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And actually, sorry, we did go to the sites for one. I absolutely loved it and I would go back. But um, the, so then I was like, or, like I'm left at a pretty tough decision. She then told me that she was going to go and live and visit with, with her family in California. And I was like, oh, that's definitely a hell of a lot more appealing than going to live in New York. Because I didn't yeah. really have, I'd been to New York very luckily a few times previously. Okay. Um, around Christmas time and I did love it but like the idea of living there was complete hell yeah, yeah. And, uh, and visiting her for two weeks I think that's really typical of a Greystonian isn't it to say like living in New York is hell like no freedom yeah <laughs> well I get it yeah, yeah. 
Um, and Concrete so, but, and then I visited her for two weeks, and the New York that she was a part of was very different, and it was more appealing, but still not enough for me to ever consider moving there. So then we went, uh, myself, Paul Grimes, and Shane Murphy, the two lads who roast the coffee for the happy pair and now have their own roastery. Um, yeah, class. They, we, the three of us, maybe other people, anyway, the three of us went to the Dublin Tea and Coffee Festival and we were sitting there kind of look, looking up at this fella who was a green coffee. Green coffee is the raw form of roasted coffee that you would brew coffee with. Okay. So gr- th- this fella who was a green importer, so he imported green coffee from coffee farms in Africa or Central or South America or you know, all around the world. Yeah. Um, and he would import coffee into Europe and the States and um, Britain and stuff. And he and, and it was a British-based company, but they came to visit Dublin essentially to, I guess, sell themselves, but also communicate with their current customers. And I was like, my God. And I'm like, and we're like pretty drunk. like, And I'm like to Paul, I'm like... <laughs> I really like the sound of what this fella's going on about. I don't really know what he's talking about, but I like it. And yeah. Paul's like, chap, like this fella, this fella imports the raw form of our job. Like this is, this is it. Like, and we had also, as I mentioned, discussed uh, opening a roastery as the happy pair. Mm. And I was like, um, I was like, we need to go up and have a chat with this fella. And uh, so Paul was like, yeah, yeah. So we kind of sat there, me, Shane and Paul were like writing down questions, like half cut going, yeah. I'm going to go up and have a chat with him. And sure enough, Dutch Courage went up and I was like, what's crack, man? And he was like, how are you? And, uh, and I was like, I was like, I'm really interested in what you're doing there. I'm thinking of, uh, and I wasn't even, I don't like, I don't know if I was fully sure of exactly my plans when I decided to go and live with Alyssa in California. Yeah. I didn't know if I was quite certain on what we were doing, but I, I, I guess maybe I bluffed it and I was like, I'm going to be doing a trip uh, through Central and South America, like, and he was like, oh, wow, that's where all of our farms are. And I was like, class, like, any chance you could, you know, maybe put me in touch with a farmer, like, completely, like, completely. And I respect what you've done, Greg. Like, I really respect your sobriety, but I couldn't have done this if I wasn't drunk. (laughs) (laughs) So... So I was like, to him, I was like, uh, I was like, if there's anything you could do, like even if you gave me names of places to visit, because I didn't necessarily want to ask him for anything, but I just wanted advice on what made sense. Hmm. So he was like, oh yeah, give me your phone number. Thinking nothing of it, a couple of days later he texts me. I'm like, your man's texting me, uh, and he's like, gives your email. So I gave him my email, and long story short, he opened up an email with himself, myself, and this fella called Julio Peralta. Wow, and, that's uh, a name. That's cool, a name, cool name, cool name yeah. Also the coolest dude. Um, so he, and he was like, Jack, it's, it's, it's on you from here. And I was like, cool. So I, I uh, emailed Julio and I was like, um, I was like, hey, myself and my wife, are, well, my then missus, we were just, we were going from California and we were doing as many countries as we could all the way down to our exit from Brazil to go back home. Unreal. And I was like, we'll probably be in Nicaragua where he was based around this time. And he was like, cool, do you think you could do it then because it's harvest season and that's really interesting to people who haven't uh, been on coffee farms before. It's when they obviously pick all the coffee and start to process it to be sold to, you know, worldwide. Yeah. And um, and I was like, yeah, all right, we'll try it. So we we left California whenever I've no idea when and we traveled down through Mexico and all through Central America with the intention of going into South America. In Central America, we were in Nicaragua at some stage and essentially like he told us the ideal date we were about a week late um which which was fine we still we still got like the a really good experience yeah um but it was like 
the wildest experience ever. <laughs> like it was absolutely mental. Like we went through Honduras and they couldn't uh, they couldn't scan my passport and I was the last person on a bus of I don't exaggerate, I'm gonna say like thirty six or forty people maybe. I was the last person in the queue and they went to scan my passport five minutes past, like didn't get hadn't given me my passport back. Mm-hmm. And like obviously everyone on the bus doesn't give a shit about me. Yeah. They're just waiting <laughs> to leave like and the bus driver comes up and he's like to me, like, what's the problem? Well, I have absolutely no idea. Like, you need to go find that out. <laughs> so the bus driver goes up to your man. Obviously, there's still a queue of people for another bus behind me. So this is getting, like, kind of intense. Yeah. And uh, he goes to your man. He's like, uh, where's this dude's passport? And I was thinking he was going to say, I don't know, like, and I was going to have to pay a few quid or something. But he was like, oh, his passport isn't registered as maybe entering the previous country or something. I don't know exactly yeah. what the issue was, but they wouldn't give me my passport back. And the bus driver was like, oh, what can good. we do to leave? Because yeah. we need to leave. And uh, he was like, I can give him the passport back, but he can't enter Honduras for like eight years or something. Oh, shit. Something mental. Uh, and I was like, I was like, well, I've no intention of being back in Honduras. So, like, so <laughs> yeah, let's go. Like, fine. So I'm banned from Honduras. <laughs> <laughs> not, 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 not because I did something real cool and rad, but yeah. because I needed to leave. Um, but it's cool to be banned. That's from still pretty rad. That is yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Banned yeah. from yeah. my country. Yeah. Um, Damn. Awesome. Am I exaggerating with eight years? No, it was. I think it was like, I think it was eight years. Unreal. Um, and and then anyway, we passed on there and we got to northern Nicaragua with lots happening in between, like chickens on buses, you know, like you name it, like people sitting on the top of buses. It was mental. Wow. Um, so when we got to Nicaragua, it was uh, not a typical entrance to a country. We were like, got off the bus, full of rucksacks, like no internet in the middle of nowhere. Like not near a town, nothing. And yeah. we were like, I have no idea what's going on. Like, yeah. like there's nothing. It was pitch black. Oh, I hate arriving to a new place. In they the drove off. The bus drove off. It was us and like a, a I guess she was probably a, a local, like, and she just headed off into the pitch black with her with her bags and her traditional clothing. And we were like, what's going on? Oh fuck! Next minute, like we look up and there's a fella approaching us in a pickup truck. Obviously, still kind of like. I guess we're getting in here like whether or not it's a good thing or a bad thing we're getting in uh, so we got into your man's pickup truck and Alyssa Alyssa to also mention is half Mexican her dad is Mexican mm. um, so she's she'll kill me for saying this but she's fluent in Spanish okay um, she's probably not actually fluent but she can, sp- she can say everything yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I think you call that fluid yeah. she's just not maybe that well practiced <laughs> okay um, so right. she was very fluent by the time we left Central and South America um, and lang- Spanish is actually her first language, but she says she's not fluent. Wow. Know, you tell me, like just being modest. Yeah, I think so. I think what she what she describes is like she she couldn't have a conversation with like a pharmacist or something. <laughs> <laughs> so she's not fluent because she doesn't know everything. Okay. <laughs> um. So she she communicated with, with this Nicaraguan fellow who obviously spoke Spanish, and he was like, "Oh, I'm here for Julio Peralta." And we're like, "Okay, that's grand." So we got into the back of the Phew. pickup truck and headed off to what was called a hostel and we were told it was a hostel but this is absolutely class spot really yeah and we were we were uh, and we you know we were put to bed and uh, <laughs> we we st- so we stayed in Nicaragua for six weeks and during the time uh, you know visited they had seven coffee farms and like farm is a very like modest word for what these things were like like they essentially Complexes. owned northern Nicaragua like Jesus within these seven farms and then Nicaragua is not a massive country but it's still pretty cool um and we and we got to visit all these coffee farms um yeah and then like the two lads Julio and Octavio Peralta are the cousins who own Peralta coffees and they are two 
like I don't know if like they're absolutely insane, like in the best way possible. Um, and uh, so we were we became obviously quite close with them. Um, and it like it kind of like it's an odd thing to have a conversation about, but like we 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 didn't really pay for anything for six weeks. We were oh. chauffeured everywhere. And like, wow. and like, this isn't any reflection on my experience in the industry. It's just, we got very lucky with who we ended up with. Um, we, you know, we were brought out to these royalty dinners because obviously we were like, we were living in complete wealth. Like it was mental. That's deadly. And, uh, but like, there's also some unusual stories that I won't get into, but I will, I'll, I'll tell you one. We, uh, <laughs> we were, we were due to meet the two cousins for dinner. And uh, we we were brought to one of their friend's house who they called the doctor and he was a dentist. So we went to his house. Sounds and, uh, dodgy already, Greg. We right? went to his house. I won't, I won't get too into it. We went into his house and like there was a a lady with a, you know, like she was there like to serve us like and she brought us oh. into the kitchen and sat us down and made us drinks and stuff. And uh, there was a number of these ladies. And then uh, we were there for a couple of hours longer than we thought we'd be. And then we went to dinner at all hours and it was amazing. And one of the Peralta cousins also owned like a huge uh, chorizo. Oh, yeah. Uh, like Hell yeah. Chorizo production unit, I guess, or whatever you call it. Mm. Uh, and so he, his, anywhere where he supplied chorizo to in northern Nicaragua, the restaurants that use his stuff, he was like, I'm not joking, you lads. Like you walked in, it was like walking in with Obama. Like, really? Like everyone wow. was just like, it was just amazing. But also to mention that they were two of the nicest people I've ever met. Like, okay. Yeah. Um. So obviously that was an amazing experience. We learned loads about coffee. Uh, we were doing like cupping. Yeah. We call it where you sample loads of different coffees. Uh, in the milling station. Um. And yeah, it was just like it was a remarkable experience. We were like, you know, one day you'd be eating in this super fancy, lovely restaurant, and then the next morning you'd be having a breakfast of rice and beans and a coffee farm with flies all over you. It was just mental. That's, that's how that's how they live. Like yeah, and uh, like you'd you'd be drinking coffee on the farm, and they they'd make like you know the way you were saying you use a V sixty. Yeah. So a V sixty is obviously like a slow kind of method of brewing coffee. You pour water over ground coffee in like a paper filter. They they essentially they. You know, like a, a uh, like a metal bin liner or a metal like bin holder, the ring bin holders. Yeah. They have a smaller version of that and they put a sock over it and brew the coffee in the sock on, wow. the, fa- on, on the farms. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it, they brew it like a V60. And like, probably not that delicious, but the experience <laughs> in a itself. Sock. Probably. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he puts it back on after, like. <laughs> oh, joke, shit. joke, joke, joke. Uh, and, but I think the experience in itself was like, you know, that's the best cup of coffee I've ever had. Yeah. And it's not like, and that's another thing we always talk about. Like, it's not always about the flavor. It's about the experience. Definitely, yeah. Which brings me into my next point. So anyway, we, we and then we, we had a great experience. We did a Machu Picchu and all the rest of it. And we were oh, all, yeah. Uh, Unreal. We, effect, we eventually flew out of Brazil with about minus mi- nine million quid between us. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. And, uh, and then when we got, when we got back anyway, I was, I had, the, I was absolutely hell bent on opening my own coffee shop. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was chatting to Shane Murphy about it, who actually now works in the Fat Fox. And um, he was like, yeah, 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 deadly, I'll help you. And we'll have great crack at it. But also, like, you're not going to do it. And I was like, fuck it. And that made me really want to do it. So anyway, I got, I got home and then uh, I got home and I was like, all right, I'm going back. And so I worked back in the happy pair then. Uh, right towards the end of our trip, our traveling trip, uh, the, the happy pair had bought a coffee roaster, which really excited me. 
Um, and then I went back working on the happy pair and I did some coffee roasting for them and I loved it. But it's quite like a, it's quite like scientific and graph based and it's very like, oh. uh, it's quite like, you know, computer orientated, oh, okay, um, yeah, you- which I don't think people are aware of. No. Um, and I guess it's, it, it, it depends on how far you want to take it, but it is quite, uh, it is quite precise. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I didn't, I didn't necessarily love that, but I love the results. Um, so I worked with the happy pair for another while. And then we had this lovely couple who were always coming into us and they were like this, like, I, I know, I now know that they're not at all, but they were this like really cool, you know, like hip couple who like, were kind of, we didn't really know much about them, but they were quite, it seems quite interesting. And we all became really friendly with them, Rob and Claire. Uh, and they had, oh. the, they had, they had the German Shepherd and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Rob was in good shape at the time. And he, oh, <laughs> did he still have his uh, Toyota Land Cruiser? He does not have that. No, I know he doesn't have it now. Did he then? Is that how you got? No. Okay. Uh, I don't know what they were driving at the time. Um, but anyway, uh, the so I was chatting to them a little bit and we became quite friendly. And I think you do, like, and you probably know yourselves being coffee drinkers, you kind of choose your person in a cafe sometimes who you really enjoy seeing. And it's the same for us. Like, we enjoy seeing certain customers. Um, we enjoy seeing all customers, but more. Oh, <laughs> disclaimer. Uh, so, so I became really friendly with Rob and Claire, and uh, and like to the point where like they come in, like went and sit down with them and stuff, and I think that was part of the experience that they loved. And they said, "Listen, Jack, we're going to open a coffee shop." And I was like, "Oh God, <laughs> oh no!" And because uh, there is this idea that like especially now with so many coffee shops open and that like if you think you're opening a coffee shop you have no idea what you're getting into and it is a terrible idea and sometimes it works out yeah yeah uh, it's just is that so true, really uh yeah it's definitely be now because there's a lot of uh coffee shops opening but mm. you do also you see the benefits of a successful cafe and think this is great yeah but really it's like i mean sorry it is great and i love it but it's just so so labor intensive Right, it's okay. so much work. It's so because you're because you're responsible for so many staff members as well. Ordinarily, um, you're just constantly on. You can't switch off. Like yeah, um, and traditionally, um, I mean, we're lucky in our hours, but like coffee shops are open a lot, a lot. Yeah, they are. Mm. Yeah. Uh, like seven days a week, usually quite long hours. So even on your days off, you're aware of the fact that the place is open and that you might receive a phone call or just something might happen. Yeah. Um, and it's, these things are happening to people that you care about because they're your staff and your friends. Um, so like, it's just, it's, it's so much work than, than anyone ever thinks, although there is great benefit. So I think people are always a little bit like, oh crap, what have I just done? This what is absolutely insane. Like, yeah. um, but also like there is the idea of like, you know, having your own thing and working for yourself and it's fab. So anyway, uh, they were like, we, we want your help, basically. And I was like, cool. And I had uh, I had done some coffee training in California um, and had planned to do some in Nicaragua, but they're all just so advanced because they're on a milling station and it's not cafe-orientated what they're doing. It's like quality-orientated. Okay. Um, so I was like, yeah, of course, I'll give you a hand. So um, this is when, like this idea of like consultancy came to mind for me and I was like oh this is class this is where the money's at like you tell someone how to do something and mm. they pay you for your time yeah um, and if someone values your time enough they are willing to pay and I was like this is amazing now like I mean since then I've realized that it's it's awful but uh <laughs> oh god <laughs> so I met them in town in their uh, little shop on Camden Row uh, which is this the site like right like two doors down from the side entrance to Whelan's 
Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's where our shop was in town. Yeah. Um, and we, I went in, I gave my thoughts on the premises and they were like this, that and the other. A couple of weeks later, they're like, uh, we don't have any staff and we're open. I was <laughs> no. like, oh, class. So I took a week off from the happy pair and I went to work with them for the first week to kind of do on-site training. But of course, um, it was way too busy to do any training. And the second week was coming around very quickly and I had to go back to the happy pair. So I was like, what are we going to do? Um, or what are you going to do? It's not my responsibility. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. But I was like, lads, you need staff. And this is something really that should have been a priority for you before you decided to get the place ready. But we, we were here and um, we, I think, do you know Alex Murphy? Young I know lads. the name, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he's known to see anyway. He's from around Greystone. So he then helped them on their second week. Um, and then I met them on the Wednesday of Alex's second week, their second week of operations. And I was like, what's the plan? Like, you still don't have another staff member. But they were so busy that they didn't really have time to, to actually hire. try and recruit someone. Yeah. And I quite liked working in town. I liked the experience of the networking and meeting new people and just the fact that it was challenging because I was the one solely responsible for the Fat Fox's coffee. Yeah. And uh, and I obviously didn't have that in the happy pair because I was working with so many amazing people. Exactly, yeah. Um, so myself and Claire just kind of had a chat about what she wanted from the person who was going to replace myself for Alex. And I was like, oh, I could definitely give that to you. Um, and and then we just discussed, like, you know, future possibilities. Yeah. And I was like, all right, fuck it, I'll do it. So I decided, right, I'll go work with the Fat Fox, which was my... Uh, second exit from the happy pair okay and I told and I sat down with the lads and I had a really good chat with them and they were super understanding and they understood completely where I was coming from they were like but like you'll be back and <laughs> yeah. I, was like, I was like no I won't be and yeah. of course I did end up actually going back but oh. I'll get I'll get to that uh, so <laughs> so uh, we so we operated in town for a good while and it was class I think we were open for she's I actually have no idea it was about a year or two um, and then the building that we were in got purchased by a group that will remain nameless because I'd hate to give them the uh, the publicity. Publicity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we had to leave the building. Um, then for a long time we were all unemployed, uh, not knowing really what we were going to do. I was a tree surgeon temporarily. I was a landscaper. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I also then decided. So I actually loved the tree surgery and decided that it could be in my future, and I did love it. Mm. Um, this when you had your defender. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I knew I knew if I had taken on that full time, that that would have been it. Like, And I didn't know if I was ready to say goodbye to the industry that I put so much into, bearing in mind that I had really enjoyed the coffee farming experience and all that came with it. Yeah. So I decided to go back to the happy pair then uh, because I was unemployed and they had a position for me. So I went back to the happy pair for another while. Again, absolutely loved it. I uh, had the time of my life. Um, and it was all that I remembered it to be. Um, but I went in and told them, by the way, when the Fat Fox reopens, I'm going to go back to them. And they were really understanding about that. And I found that that was a very, like that was a real learning curve for me to just be transparent about everything you do. Yeah. In the, especially, I mean, I'm, I know it's the case for everything, but in that industry it is. Because if you decide in a week's time you're going to exit a place of work, you're leaving the place fecked because you, are, yeah. you really do rely on your staff. Yeah. So I was completely transparent with them and I just said, like, all right, I'm going to, like, when the Fat Fox reopens, I'll give you loads of notice, but I am going back to work for them. And they were like, cool. So then uh, the, so 
that time came around, the Fat Fox found uh, Rob approached the Pattersons who owned the petrol yes. station in mm. Delgany. Um, and the the Pattersons gar- drive or fucking garage had been closed for, I think it was about seven years at the time. And Rob had always joked about putting a drive through there. And, uh, and we had seen drive throughs work in like a very small number of places in Ireland. Um, and we knew that that space could work and we had the resources and skills or whatever to do it so we're like fuck it we'll, we'll approach them so rob approached the patterson family and they're like yeah try it see how it goes um, oh, and i went back to the fat fox and i guess for loyalty and whatever other reason they gave me a share in the company so i'm now a director of the company fuck and that's that's how that came about plus um and then we and then we've we had just been operating. It's obviously, I mean, you know, for maybe going past it or seeing the shop up the road, realize how busy it is and how well it's going. Insane, um, yeah. And I think that's, I think that's a reflection of all of our kind of passion and how well we work together, um, and our kind of the relationships we've b- built with our customers and, I guess, to an extent, the it's online a total community. Like, yeah, yeah, it's and, absolutely. But you also, you're, I don't know who's responsible for it, but the brand. Yeah, the brand and the like, online presence is massive. The logo, your yeah, yeah, people yeah. wear. Yeah. I see. I yeah, we go for the hats. Yeah, but you crazy. walk through like Bray, you see people wearing them. You walk yeah. in town, you see people wearing yeah, them. It's, it's crazy. everywhere. Yeah, um, and like, I don't know if there's one person responsible for all that. Um, I think Claire is the backbone to all the social media and branding. Mm. Um, but even like Alyssa's, uh, a bridesmaid of Alyssa and Alyssa's closest friend, Lauren. Uh, the tall girl who works I shouldn't call her the tall girl the oh. tall, but she is the tall girl who works oh, in the drive through um, like I call Alyssa the short one when I'm up and work okay. she murders me so it's okay like, uh, and I'm like the medium sized man right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so like we we uh, we it, and it, what I was saying about Lauren is she's had a huge influence because she's got a real eye for detail and uh, not graphics but uh, what kind of works together yeah. so she's had an impact on it um we did uh, it actually started off i think with a company called 99 designs um you basically you tell you put up what you want and loads of like new graphic designers essentially compete for you to use their logo if that oh, makes okay. sense okay, yeah, yeah. um and it's i think it's it, it might even be free um but i guess the benefit is obviously you get a logo but obviously if it's successful whoever gave the logo might become recognized i don't really know how it works but that's how the initial logo came about and it's somewhat developed since but i think the logo is pretty much the same and then the branding uh on the cups and stuff i think uh we had really nice wallpaper in town and the wallpaper in the drive through in delgany as well and that kind of inspired the kind of palm leaf thing that we have on the cups um and then also i don't know if you know colin o'brien no. no, a friend of uh, Cormac and Killian. He was also in our school. He is a graphic designer and helped us a lot with the most recent kind of uh, brand drop, I guess. Okay. Um, is this them? I think Colin O'Brien did that, yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, well, I hope he did it, and I'm not giving him the credit for someone else's work. <laughs> but, um, no, he did that. Cool. Um, and he did all of our loyalty cards and stuff as well. So, mm. uh, yeah, so I guess that's that, that kind of comes down. And I mean, it's, it's hard because like, and I know it's really cliche to say like, are we successful because like what is success yeah that's true um, yeah. and like define it as and as much as it's it, it might seem like i think there is a perception because we all change our vehicles a lot that we're doing well financially but like myself <laughs> and rob have both actually gone from owning cars previously to actually now owning significantly 
le- less expensive cars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they might seem just because they're big, they're old and rusty. And like, we're actually like, I mean, we're doing okay and we can pay the bills and stuff, but like, we're not, uh, you're not flush. We're not, yeah, we're not mm. <laughs> like, we're not doing as well as people might think. Um, and like there is, I think we were even saying, we, we had a chat about it last night and we were saying, uh, there was a perception for a little while that uh, the Fat Fox was doing like incredibly well. Um, but I think it's good to note again, even after five years of business, no, like four years because we were closed for so long with uh, when we got bought out in town. Yeah. Um, the Even after five years, like we're still like, you know, every month we're like, why isn't it building yet? Like what's going on? Especially yeah. financially, like, oh, absolutely. Um, and I think since we opened the Greystone shop and since... Uh, even to be honest with you and I know it's sad because a lot of industries have really suffered um, but since COVID we've we've done really well and a lot of coffee shops have and I mean that's really apparent there's no like, um, like that's not news to anyone yeah um, but that has been a massive thing uh, where I mean we were re- we were really busy before but obviously we opened Greystones during uh, a lockdown or during a pandemic um, and we've been lucky that it's been really busy um, and then I guess that brings me on to talk about I don't know if I've said to you but uh we were kind of like, what's next for us? Because like, we love this, but is it, is it gonna, you know, is it gonna fund our future? I guess like, is this, is this it for us? Yeah, is this everything? And we've discussed like, you know, opening other shops, which will be great. And we probably, we might well do. I don't know if we definitely will, but we've definitely looked at the possibility of opening more locations. But again, it's a lot more work for, for, for what return like. Yeah. Um. So anyway, we decided to open a coffee roastery. Oh. Yeah. Did, did, you, did, I, did I say that to you there, Hughes? No. I, maybe I said it to you just up the show. I don't know. Yeah, anyway, so yeah. we've decided. It's, it actually has all happened quite quickly. Um, and I probably shouldn't be talking about this, but I'm going to, because everyone knows about it now anyway. Um, but we have decided to open a coffee Exclusive roaster. scoop. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll be like, lads, you're going to have to cut out that whole section. So take it from three hours yeah. to two and a half hours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... I mean, so myself and Lisa obviously worked for the company up until recently when I was made part of it. Um, but still, it's not like, I mean, it's great. But again, like it's it's not, you know, you're not going to be millionaires. Yet, but like, yeah, not yeah, that yeah. we want to be, but I mean, like you have to think about your future as well. Yeah. Um. So myself, Rob and Claire and Alyssa, uh, we were like, right, we'll, we'll start a company split down the middle. So we we own the company together. It's 25 for each person. Um. And we're pretty far into it. Like we've bought the coffee roaster uh, through all, this was explained about the cars, through all of our life savings, um, mm. which we have nothing left of. <laughs> uh, we've bought the roaster. We've almost completed fitting out the premises. Um, okay. We've got, uh, just through kind of connections again with the farming, we've got uh, uh, like our green supplier and stuff lined up. And um, Is it? the people in so uh it's not matt from that green importers because he now he runs a coffee company in australia he doesn't work for that company anymore um i did contact um falcon who he worked for um but they do not use they don't uh i think maybe it might have been because matt left for whatever reason the relationship with the peraltas fizzled out okay. um, and i really wanted to use them as our house coffee because i think like when I went back to work in the Happy Pair, we were using Peralta's coffees. Wow. And I was like, to customers, I was like, 
I might well have touched this coffee bean <laughs> in Nicaragua. Yeah. And like people would Savage. be like people would like look at you and I'm like, no, but like genuinely and they're like, oh shit, that's a story. Like that yeah, is a story, yeah. yeah. Um so it will be amazing for us to be able to use that in uh as our house coffee. So that is the plan. And Falcon don't uh, supply Peralta. So I've been in touch with a fella from a different supplier based in Liverpool. And um he's yes, he, a coke. No, I will yeah. I will also <laughs> say that we we do try our best to use all Irish uh, suppliers. So uh-huh. I have also been in contact with a fella who actually supplies Shane and Paul now with their green coffee. So um, if he's got the goods, we'll go with him as well. Look, okay. um, and yeah, that brings us up to pretty much now. Look, oh real, yeah, 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 bit of a journey. That's, that is some journey, Jack. Mental Fair stuff. Play. Like yeah, yeah, no, it's been it's been brilliant, and it's uh, it's been somewhat up and down, but for the most part, it's been an absolute blast. Yeah, it certainly seems like that when you go there, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, and I will say, um, there is definitely, there is definitely this idea that like we're always having the crack, um, because I guess social media and like we're very friendly with ninety percent of our customers. But I hate to be ooh, in that ten percent. Those ten percent, they definitely have a no, fucking list. Ten, the ten percent is uh, the ten percent is like people who are coming in for the first time or whatever. Like any of our regulars, like we're first name based. We know their dogs' names, their kids' names. Oh yeah. yeah. Can I just say when I walked <clears> up <throat> to the Fat Fox earlier with Jack? Yeah. I think I know lots of people because you oh, guys Jack are always like, "Why are you saying hello to everyone, Elliot?" What's up? Yeah. And, and and this man is outrageous. Oh, stop, first name basis. Honestly, every person we fucking passed, Jack was like, "Oh, how's it going?" Thinking from a jigger and all everybody's <laughs> names. He just knew and he just. Yeah. Chatting, I don't remember away. saying hello to a thingy jigger. <laughs> Oh, you did. Do you remember thinking, McJigger, oh. let's go on it. <laughs> that was incredible, though, like, honestly. And you literally, it's, you know, some people are like, yeah. oh, how's it going? And it doesn't yeah. seem very yeah. real. You're, you've, like, conversed with everyone. Yeah, I uh, think it's, I think it's, I think it's part of having a coffee shop in Greystone. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, sorry, it's amazing. I love it. Yeah. Um, and I think also, I think it's great. And I think um, this is something, I think it kind of, it, it forces you to to be sound, I think, okay. which I think is really nice. Yeah. Um, because like, there's there's things that you might, you know, like there might be times where you're in a bad mood or whatever, and you're walking up the town and you see something, and just a smile from them makes you go, ah, it's grand. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. Which I think is really nice. I shouldn't say it forces you to be sound, but it forces you to just reflect on the fact that like life is good, like yeah, for the yeah. most part. Yeah, definitely. Well, we, you obviously you've listened to our pod, podcast, so you know that we've had our ups and downs as yeah, well. But yeah. yeah, you don't strike me as a guy that. Well, I mean, it's something that definitely, I, and I guess it's odd that I've completely fell in love with your podcast, and the moment it's out, I'm listening to it. Like, thanks. Um, and I don't know <laughs> if that's, that's fucking deadly. Yeah, I don't know if that's because I know he is, or because the podcast is good. Uh, but for whatever reason, I do love it. Um, and it's 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 odd to me because, and I say so frequently because I do have friends and acquaintances that do suffer with uh, mental health mm. and um is that how to say it or mental health issues i don't know whatever you know it is odd that i've fallen so deeply in love with your podcast because it does seem to be uh mainly i don't want to say solely but mainly based around that yeah yeah and i think i think also it's probably good to note that like people who haven't suffered or people who haven't been uh you know, exposed to people with mental health issues through no fault of their own aren't fully aware of how 
people do suffer. Not that it like I mean everyone aware that it exists, but how can this, you be? Yeah, like well, you can't blame someone yeah. like that. Like yeah. you, if you don't experience it, or yeah. you haven't experienced it exactly. directly or indirectly. Yeah. How are you supposed to know it's there? And I guess like it's like it's like to an extent it's some it's like someone with a broken arm and no cast. Like how, like I don't know that you've got a broken arm if you don't tell me. Like it's invisible. Uh, yeah, and. I think like, and it's not like like John Gark or my L fella. If I told him I had mental health issues, would probably tell me to put soda cream on it. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah. uh, your dad's very cool, by the way. I don't know. Him very I don't well. know. Uh, I mean, like, he seems very I know cool exactly what you around. mean yeah, because yeah. of his recent outburst into coolness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I hate to tell him that it is quite recent. You probably know that. Yeah, like, yeah. He, I mean. He's always not really given a shite, which I think is cool to an extent for anyone, but that has definitely been to his detriment at times. Um, <laughs> I think the one conversation I've actually had with your dad was years ago, and he was like, yeah, drummers are fucking tapped. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Okay. Yeah, thanks. Oh, thanks. <laughs> He's not <laughs> wrong. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I just pointed out the two drummers in the room. <laughs> uh, but I guess like, um, thank you. But uh, he, oh, I have no idea what I was going to say. His coolness, his recent coolness. Yeah, his recent and coolness is, is, on, on pre- is pretty much down to uh, the fact that he's gotten a motorbike. Yeah. Oh, but he yeah. always very much should have been driving a motorbike. It like it, yeah. In fact, uh, there's a gas. Uh, if you think my dad's cool, you should watch. I did a YouTube video on collecting his first motorbike. Did you? And it's a hilarious spin down to maybe Carlo in uh, my Navy Land Cruiser with a trailer on the back. Nice. We drove down, collected his motorbike, and the whole video was all about... Um, the fact that he was on the way to get a Harley Davidson when Unreal. my mum rang him to say that she was pregnant with me. And then oh. he turned around oh. and didn't get the Harley Davidson because it didn't make sense for him to have a motorbike when he had a child on the way. That's fair. And he's, uh, I mean, sorry, I shouldn't say that like I have, I've always had a great relationship with my dad. Uh, but he holds that against you. No, and he doesn't actually, <laughs> but he, he doesn't actually, but he always used to bring it up. Oh, okay. Yeah. So then when he was like, Jack, I'm getting a motorbike, I was like, no, you're absolutely not getting a motorbike. Yeah. You're fully shite. Like, yeah. And he was like, no, like I'm doing it. Like I've, like I'm doing it. Like I've contacted your man. I'm going down to get it. And I was like, how are you going to even get down? And he was like, uh, he was like, oh, well, you're going to bring me. And I was like, what, am I going to throw the motorbike in the in the back of the Land Cruise? And he was like, no, like I'll, I'll source a trailer. So we sourced a trailer. We went down to Carlo and got the motorbike. Lads, when we got to Carlo to view the bike. Uh, he goes to your man, he's like, yeah, yeah, Jesus, it's lovely, and he's shooting the shot. Like, and I've obviously bought and sold a few cars, so I will be aware of how these things go. He yeah. hasn't. So I could see, like, there was a sense of discomfort about him, and he was kind of like, I was like, what is he going on about? Like, are you going to buy it or not? Like, are you going to take it for a spin or something? Of course, I had never even thought about the fact that the man had no idea how to drive a motorbike. Oh, God. <laughs> so we're standing there, I do. So we're standing do there, you? and we're like, uh, we're like, he, he wheelie does. <laughs> wow. So he goes to your man. Uh, I was like, he was, he was like, I think, uh, I think, I think that's the one. And I was like, are you sure? Like you haven't even turned it on. And he was like, no, it's grand. And then he like, put, he like walks over. He like walks around the back of the car and he like, that's me. I was like, I don't know how to turn it on. And I was like, oh, good God. I was like, I'll tell you what I'll do, father. I'll go. Uh, so I, maybe I told your man you had a bad knee or something. And I said, I'm going to take the bike for a spin if, I don't, if you don't mind. And he's like, yeah, of course. Like, I was surprised that he's hadn't just. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I started it up, uh, drove it off down the road. Absolute best 10 minutes of my life. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, came back. And in fairness, it was a lovely bike to drive. So we brought it back uh, uh, on the trailer. And it was 
it went from being the most amazing experience of my life to the most scary experience of my life because I'd never driven with a motorbike in a trailer. Yeah. <laughs> and looking back, and this was a big, big bike, like a, the biggest Honda Shadow you can get. And uh, it's a real starter bike, but it's huge. And I could just see it like waving in the background, oh, the rear view oh, mirror. Geez. And like it was his, you know, first motor. It's absolutely terrifying. Um, and then he subsequently got a Harley Davidson to make up for all those lost years. Yeah, yeah. Fair. And actually had it for about three weeks and then sold it. Oh, no way. And now Sounds has like a, you with your cars. Yeah, I know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now has a... Didn't lick it off a stone. A Triumph, which is a cool bike. Oh, the Triumph. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And sorry, what I was what I was getting at was um, I think it's good to be aware for people who aren't as, you know, uh, educated on the whole mental health thing um, that's there has been a move and I think everyone is becoming more uh, open to the idea, first of all, that it exists, but also the more you speak about it, the better it is. Yeah. Um, and the more open about it you are. And I think, I'm, I mean, I guess from what I've heard and what I've learned from talking to people is that it one of the biggest issues about uh, people suffering with mental health is the fact that they don't talk about it. Yeah. Um, and like even, I have a friend who was like a, <laughs> I, I laughed at the time but reflecting I was like oh, good lord that's awful but also he's like me like he's he's not been around it a whole lot he's like I don't know about this whole like wellness thing like <laughs> what's the crack with like wellness yeah like if you can't get out of bed like you're tired and I was like oh wow okay yeah so that's and I, and I mean like at the time I was like obviously kind of leaned back in my in my chair and was like and then I, just, I was like but do you think if you suffered with with mental health or um or you knew someone who did or like a family member suffered with mental health and the wellness community was their medicine would you be more open to it and he was like ah, touche like yeah because he yeah. was essentially challenging the fact that wellness was worth <laughs> mentioning mm. um and when i explained to him that it is i mean sorry i have no idea but it seems like uh i mean i know you lads were Neither talking do we. <laughs> yeah i know no but i know you lads were talking about uh I have to be careful what I say, but you were using medication to mm. get out of whatever the slumpies are in. Yeah. Um, but I do, I, I personally see like a wellness being some form of medication for mental health. It is. It's holistic therapy. Yeah. So. And I mean, I, of course I, mm. I'm fully aware that like, uh, wellness is of benefit to everybody, but it does seem to help a lot of people who have suffered previously. It's nothing new. Like it's been in yeah. psychology for ages and it's a form of treatment usually yeah. in that, but uh, it's now like has this trendy buzzword. So everyone yeah. says it, but Gas, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But it is, it's very, very That's real. something I hadn't thought about, but it brilliantly, it's like <clears throat> broken the stigma as it's not something that you go and pay some person lots of money to go and learn yeah. about. Now it's yeah. just everywhere. It's on Instagram. Yeah. You look at a page. And, and is there like, is there, is there a sentence that sums up wellness or is it just getting out and ex exercising and, you know, communicating with people? I don't know. I suppose it has different meaning for everyone. But for me, I suppose it's like it... Uh, Am I getting being heavy? More, no, 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 it's no. Being like this is more, definitely the heaviest so far. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, for me, it means like being self-aware. Uh, yeah, and, and not just like of yourself, but like knowing... You know when you're, I'll put it this way: you know on your run, and you, as you said earlier, like you felt it in your knee, and you, mm. you, if you, if you got bad, you would stop. Mm. Same thing for your head. Yeah, of course. You being aware of your own limits and yeah. knowing when to stop and knowing yeah. when to take back, and sort yeah. of understanding that. And I think for me, that's wellness. And yeah. sometimes don't go and see all your friends and just yeah. take the day for yourself or yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah. And I guess, like, sorry, not to say that like I'm completely invincible to it. Like there. Um, there has been times where like 
and and even sometimes recently like there there has been times where I do feel very overwhelmed which is obviously to a lesser extent me suffering with a mental health issue because like it, it does range from almost nothing to being completely crippled yeah yeah, yeah. um and there has been times where I felt sorry overwhelmed is probably a loose term but I mean like I felt like what do I do to deal with everything I've got going on at the moment yeah and I might not actually have that much going on whatsoever um and uh Rob and Claire actually both uh I don't want to say suffer but they both have dealt with anxiety quite a lot Rob to more of an extent and you won't mind me saying this because okay it's something that he's uh he's been really open about and it's helping him a lot um class but again like it's it's getting out and just being open about it and uh it's it's I'm obviously absolutely no expert in the field, but because I'm so close with them, uh, I do see what helps them. Um, Mm. And in their case, it's because I guess their anxiety is now linked with running a very successful company. I would Uh, be. (laughs) Well, successful in the sense that we can pay the bills. Yeah. But... uh, and and obviously that's a lot to deal with. But I I I was having a chat with Claire about this last week, and I was just saying to her, I I suggested writing a list of uh, stuff to accomplish in a day, whether it be like putting on your socks and starting your car, or actually, you know, tasks that are really really important to the running of the company. Mm. Um, and I, the reason I said it was, and I think actually, uh, I got this a little bit from, I don't know if you've listened to. The Joe Rogan podcast, but I got this from Matthew McConaughey where he was saying he writes a list of stuff um, and it helps him a lot. But what the reason I said as a Claire was rather than waking up and feeling like you're super busy even when you're not, yeah, and trying to play catch up all day and then you know from eight a.m. to eight p.m. feeling like you're not really getting a whole lot done, although you might be or you might not be. If you have your list of five or six really important things and you get them done, at least then you'll feel accomplished and you can go to bed kind of going, "All right, mm-hmm. I'll start my new list tomorrow." Control the controllables. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, rather than kind of, do you know, kind of feeling like you're always doing something, but are you ever actually doing something? Yeah, yeah. Because um, mm. there's a lot of like, especially with a company that's so hands on, you're like constantly trying to uh constantly trying to you know grab the reins and, and rein it in but it's impossible because things are moving so much and you've literally got a queue of people at the door and, and yeah, the you're running out of cups and yeah. and you're yeah you're you're managing people and you're managing different personalities and stuff so you're never really going to have a hold on it but to write a list and just cross off that list as the day goes on and then at least you feel accomplished and you can wake up the following day with a new list exactly rather yeah. than always chasing your tail like and that has helped them i think quite a lot um, nice awesome. suggestion, Jack. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Well, it's not. Uh, well, it was my suggestion, but it came from somewhere else. <laughs> Everything yeah. comes from somewhere yeah, else. Yeah. yeah. Someone once said to me that uh, I can't remember who it was, but they said that happiness is a choice, and I was like, ridiculous. Hang on, I feel dreadful. I can't just choose to yeah. feel fucking great. It's, who was that? Ridiculous but statement. I, <laughs> I don't remember. Why do you want to? Uh, I remember, but I can't. I mean, I remember because it was really recently I heard someone say that, but I can't remember who it was. It is but ridiculous. I thought about it a bit more, right? And they were saying that, like, you can just choose to be happy and it was a bit flippant. It was, uh, you can't, but. Uh, your man who plays Mrs. Brown on the Tommy Tierney show. Was it? Yeah. Okay. What's his name? Brendan O'Carroll. Was it? So he was on the Tommy Tierney show. And now, in fairness, if you watch the interview, I don't want to say that it's not amazing because it is. Yeah. But saying happiness as a choice made me go, is it really? Yeah. Um, For the wrong people, that can be extremely well, so I said, That's what yeah. I, and I, uh, I said it to Alyssa. I was like, I was watching this yoke with, because um, I watch all Tommy Tierney's interviews. I think they're brilliant. Um, 
and when you listen to how he follows on after, yeah. it kind of makes you go, I kind of get what you're saying, but it's also, it's a very like, it's an outrageous thing to say. Like, it is. But yeah. I, when I took from it, it wasn't him where I heard, but I, when I heard it, I thought that was outrageous. But then I thought about it a bit more. It's not that happiness is a choice, but I can choose to do things mm. that bring me happiness. Definitely. I can yeah, choose definitely. to go for that run, which I know will make me feel better. I can choose to get in the sea every day yeah. and that'll make me feel better. But but the the, the overarching statement of ha- happiness is a choice is definitely... Well, if you much. listen to... Obviously, he's an incredibly successful man and I'm not sure has he dealt... Like, his son died... Um, Tommy Tiernan or the no, other? No, uh, Brendan O'Carroll. I think it is Brendan O'Carroll. Sorry, I hope it's Brendan O'Carroll, but it's your man who plays Mrs. Brown anyway. Yeah. Um, he so he's he's. I mean, I don't I don't know if he actually discussed uh, dealing with uh, anxiety or depression or anything, but he was he talked a lot about what makes him like a happy person and uh, what makes him feel like he's accomplishing. I guess, and he's like. I don't know like I, it, di- it didn't come across fantastic to me I mean the whole okay. interview was great and yeah. I've actually watched it twice um, but I did think it was odd for him to say that and he said something about like if I look in the mirror and just tell myself I'm happy and smile it works okay that's I mean a- that's not the case for everyone like, no. yeah yeah and I think sorry it's it would be good if he discussed that with someone who doesn't have it that easy yeah 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 that'd be interesting yeah. for sure you're probably closer to wellness than you think, though, right? Because, like, with the coffee shop, yeah. and you said people call in and might not even get a coffee. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, I'd say you changed the yeah. course well, of well, people's I didn't, day yeah. regularly. I didn't get into it, but, like, there is, yeah, it's massive, massive, massive. In, uh, and I think, like, it, for every coffee shop, like, we do have a sense of that. Um, You're almost therapists, like, in a way. Well, I think, like, someone, uh, uh, a customer with three kids said this to me one day. She was like, um, she was like, I consider it, sorry, I have to be careful how I say this and also I have to try and remember the story exactly, but something along the lines of, I will go to therapy, but they listen to me and I pay them, but I just buy a coffee and you listen to me or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And sorry, so that, nice. is, that, is, that is like, like I can't, I, I really don't remember exactly what happened, but it was something along those lines. But mm. for, for like once a week, you hear something along those lines. Yeah, um, that's class. Not that like we're therapists, but yeah, you're not advocating much, people uh, to not yeah. go to therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it has that a similar uh, effect. Yeah, but even just, I think, I think it does go back to like if you, I guess, just meeting someone who works in a coffee shop, say, um, is maybe something new and unusual, and I think that's a big thing as well. Is uh, not like that going to a coffee shop and buying a coffee is taking on like a new uh, hobby or anything but just doing something new and unusual is I guess helpful for people because like you said uh, Greg in previous episodes like it is it, it gets so bad that you can't leave your house mm. and just going out and communicating with people is a massive thing for a lot of people yeah I mentioned you guys in one of the previous episodes Oh, did you? Yeah, because I love we going there. We mentioned you a few times, yeah. Because I Fox. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just because we're talking. I don't think so, because I've listened to every episode in really good detail. And <laughs> maybe you might not have heard them yet. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, maybe it's not out yet. Okay. Oh, and I just said I love going there because it's what's different about there is like, I don't know Rob, right? I'm still confused whether the man's well, he's name convinced is Rob he's best Bob, friends with you. Right? Well, that's great. <laughs> he was like, oh, Jack, you went for a swim with my friend Elliot. Jim <laughs> <laughs> Taylor. I did, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but... Like I, I remember I asked one of the girls down there their name 
uh, Jilly had asked her before and whenever yeah. she couldn't remember it. And so I asked her, her name and then, you know, Bob, Rob, Bob, what? It's Bob, I call right? him Rob. Uh, he fully answers to Bob. I think oh, Claire might call him Bob. Okay. His name is actually John. Fuck off. Are you serious? Swear. Fuck off. His is his middle is name? John Robert Hallam. Ah. It is not. But he's always been Rob. That's and, right. and that's why you'll hear the very odd time his like super close back in the day friends from school call we'll call him J.R. Okay. No way. Yeah, that's oh, John right. Robert. Interesting. I know. That's, is he older than us? By a, a lot. No, because that's <laughs> that is a generational thing. Like my parents, I know my mom. He's not that fucking old. Well, no, but like, oh, they, he is. like they sorry, use, he's nearly thirty five. Like, is he? Yeah. They use he their looks every bit middle names a lot. People. <laughs> <laughs> Does he listen to these? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> so do I. We're going to make them. We just became yeah. best friends, Rob. Hi, Rob or Bob, whatever your name is. John. <laughs> anyway, he was there when I asked her her name. And then ever since then, because he asked me my name, he's referred to me by my name, which is great. Mm. Like you go to most coffee shops, even the lo- other local ones, you don't have that. It's a different thing. And I know yeah. I know you anyway, but I yeah, didn't know yeah, him yeah. at all. Yeah, And yeah. also like you're essentially going to a coffee shop that you've no familiarity with because I don't work there. Yeah, work yeah exactly. You're yeah, delicate, you and I yeah. almost never go there. Mm. Sorry about that. No, it's, it, it's incredibly stressful. I don't know why anyone goes. But, but keep them. <laughs> <laughs> Am I allowed to ask like on like Go maybe, deep. You don't have There's to There's almost nothing I want to answer. Well, it's a co- it's co- maybe it's like a secret trade secret thing or whatever. But like how many coffees a day do you make? Is that allowed uh, to like, be asked? Uh, I think like in general that's it's it's not frowned upon to ask that and to be honest with you I think the reason I <laughs> won't give you an answer is because I don't really know because right, it varies then. so much <laughs> okay, no because yeah, it varies yeah. so much yeah, yeah, yeah. so it can range like like w- sorry when we were first in town we were doing 100 150 a day okay which is grant yeah and a lot of places still do that and are successful with it okay but you couldn't live off it yeah, you need yeah, to be doing yeah. food or something as well whereas yeah. now i will say again i really am unsure because it does change a lot and both shops are very different above 10 and less than 1500 <laughs> yeah no like i mean i mean i will tell you i, I will tell you this because like oh. there really is no concrete answer for what you've asked me yeah yeah um, but i will tell you we I think get through I'm gonna say about 100 kilos a week okay I think what what did no, you have a guess no I was gonna say something really bad say it no what are you gonna say are we, I swear oh no you weren't I was were you <laughs> yeah oh god do you know what he was gonna say no you are gonna he... say 100 kilos or something else well, I was gonna say that was probably a bit like Greg <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so, really bad oh fuck <laughs> I think Sorry, I'm not going to say you will, but you should probably edit that. Yeah, yeah. It was no, a, I don't mind. Dark thought that me. You know? uh, that's that's right. my friend. It's okay. Elliot, if you ever have dark thoughts, you have to share them because that was yeah, quality yeah, and witty yeah. and quick, that's and I the love whole it. Point of the podcast. <laughs> it's good for Greg to be open about these things. It is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was only 99 kilos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a lot you. of coffee. Fuck. Yeah. So between the two shops. Um, Oh, geez. It could be more now since Christmas. I don't know. But anyway, it was enough that we were like, we need to open our grocery because we're spending so much. I will not say how much, but it's yeah. like a couple of people's wages yeah, yeah. a year. <laughs> okay. And here, what's the story with burned coffee, right? Because sometimes you ah, get a burned coffee and it's fucking crap. Honestly, I've poured coffees out in I all names of places. Uh, they were local. I will it's say, never been um, the Fat Fox. I will say that in nearly any circumstance where you get a coffee that you would label it burnt it's not burnt right now 
Idiot. <laughs> no, sorry. He just, he just... Sorry, I, I would say... Sorry, I would say that a coffee tastes burnt. Okay. Because there is uh, a lot of flavors that are associated with the... 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 Ba- the you know, if you taste something that is actually burnt, yeah. often you'll get a coffee that will reflect that. Yeah. But it's not actually burnt unless you go to... I don't want to say more of a chain or something, but somewhere that uses a darker roast right. will maybe sometimes have burnt qualities to the flavor profiles. Okay. But ordinarily, Ooh, if, you flavor go, profiles, if you go Greg. to a place, uh, <laughs> if you go to a place, <laughs> sorry, I can't believe he's a rip. You asked him a sorry, genuine question. Sorry, sorry. You're just going to rip him. Just to, just to uh, talk asshole. more about flavor profiles. Yeah. They say the flavor profile in the coffee industry is like so much more significant than wine it's not even measurable really yeah mm, which i think fuck. is mad that and is i think mad. i think that will quite soon become more common knowledge because coffee is such a thing now whereas yeah. wine has always been a thing yeah yeah um but also we've, we've moved wine. away from the traditional dark roast coffee it isn't it we are now exploring yeah, roast we're exploring now, more profiles in coffee you know how far you can take a coffee when you roast it okay so like i think the best way to describe will be like if you have a with each coffee bean uh, with with each coffee cherry there's two beans in that cherry okay that's where the flavor starts right then it depends on the altitude and the amount of precipitation it gets and the temperature of where it's grown mm-hmm. soil and the soil yeah massively and then when it's harvested it's processed so it can be a washed process a natural process or a honey processed and there's even like you were saying before or you were saying before sorry about uh something that's processed in a whiskey barrel <clears throat> so it's it's going it's it's going further all the time but the flavor starts with the cherry or bean itself and then there's so much that Essentially, you can't massively alter the flavor of the original cherry, but you can bring out the flavor in it a lot more. Okay. The processing at farm will alter flavors slightly because, um, say, a natural process is fermented dry in the sun. Yeah. And uh, that will give maybe more of a fruity or acidic flavor than if it's processed in a washing plant where it's essentially fermenting in water. Okay. Um, and water... Uh, the washed process might be considered safer because it's less risk of over fermentation. Okay. Whereas in a natural process, it's sitting out in the sun. It's just turned kind of like basically with a rake on a big piece of tarmac in some uh, circumstance, or sorry, uh, tarpaulin. Yeah. In some circumstances, and uh, and so the flavor profiles start there. Then you bring it to wherever it's being roasted, and then the roaster's kind of job, I think, is to bring out. I think I'm literally, I've literally started a roastery yeah. and I think what their job is, is to bring out the He's best, this off his mobile yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is to bring out the best flavor, I guess, from where that coffee comes from, but also, uh, kind of get it's the most sweetness out of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah and then in the actual coffee shop to get back to what you're saying, I'm classic on off on tangents, uh, <laughs> To bring back to what you were saying, I think a coffee shop's job is to do the roaster justice and bring and and invite people to taste the roaster's work. Okay. Um, but coffee shops are getting better, but for the most part, have been really crap at that. Yeah. Really. Um, I think so. Uh, so when you say a coffee is burned, it's likely that either the equipment isn't clean. 
Right. So you're getting grinds from coffees that could be an hour or fucking in certain circumstances two days old. Okay. Oh. Um, and it's just not clean properly. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like if you imagine. Okay, I'll put it this way. Now, this is more applicable to a coffee roaster. Okay. But let's say you use a frying pan. Yeah. And you use it for sausages three days in a row. Delicious. And you never clean it, and then you fry spinach in it. It'll oh, taste no. like sausage. Not gonna be ideal. No, that's not gonna be good. Um, but like as time goes on, that lovely flavor of sausage initially is going to start tasting like crap. Like crap. And yeah, then yeah. you put some spinach in, it's gonna be really crap. Do people fry spinach. Yeah. Uh, you wilt it like wilt yeah. spinach. Yeah. Whoa. I thought, I thought you'd eat more spinach than that. I love spinach, but I've never, never fried it. Never cooked it. But you just boil it. I, yeah. Nah, yeah. Just try and fire it. Yeah. yeah get, okay. it get it together, Elliot. Well, I, like, crush up a <laughs> bit of crush up a bit of garlic. Splash of olive oil. Get that. Get Salt that. Pepper. Get that. Uh, get that aroma going. Then add a load of washed spinach so there's a bit of moisture in it. Okay. Cover it. Reduce that puppy down. I'm telling you, look. Yeah. You look like you seem e- like even a great better cook. with a uh, even better with a uh, with kale. Oh, right. Yeah, it's lovely Curly too. Kale. You can tell you worked in the Happy Bear Shack. I know, good God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good God. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. What so, was I saying? Uh, we were talking about So I think uh, the burn coffee, like um, even with milk, like you can bring milk to a certain point when you're steaming it that might take away all of its good qualities, but it's kind of hard to... Uh, okay, so if you boil a chicken <laughs> breast, right? Yeah. Oh, you I can't, fucking hate boiled chicken. But, Sorry, but you continue. can't burn it by boiling it. You can just overcook it. Yeah. When you're steaming milk, you're just putting hot vapor into it. Yeah. So you can't really burn the milk. You can just take away all the sweetness out of it okay. by getting rid of the fats. All oh, right. Similar to when you're brewing coffee, you're only using water at 92 or 93 degrees. Like 94 or 5 is probably the hottest you go when you're brewing coffee okay. in an espresso machine. And it's just water. So you can't really burn it. Okay. You can only over extract it. Right. You can only take out all the goodness and continue yeah. to take stuff out of it through over extraction and lose all of its good qualities. So a link the the a link between I guess over extraction or to a point under extraction if you don't take enough out of the coffee okay. when you're brewing it. Um a dark roasts and unclean equi- unclean, is that a word? Yeah. yeah. Uh, equipment is a combination of things that would lead you to believe that something is burnt okay. in coffee, but it's it's more often than not not burnt. Okay. I think. I mean, go. sorry, that is complete in my opinion. Right. Well, it sounded good. It, it sounded, sounded like you knew what you were like talking you about. Yeah. Been doing is, it a while now. Which is more than we can say for Greg and I. Fair um, yeah, fact. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you to the fat fox so, for never so, burning my tongue. No problem. Well, sorry. I mean, Jesus, if, if something's just way too hot, it will definitely scald your tongue. That happens too, and it's yeah, a bad experience. That's really annoying. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh, I thought you meant... Uh, no, sorry, I did. Yeah, okay, I was okay. talking about burnt coffee, but I've also you've never burnt my tongue. Thank you. Yeah, it's great. We We do... We do attempt uh, a milk temperature that brings out the most sweetness in the milk and complements the flavor of the coffee. Is that a secret? No. Oh, right. No, not at all. Um, like and that's why sometimes if people say extra hot, um, if we have the time, we'll explain that the reason we don't do it extra hot is that. But if you want it extra hot, you're the paying customer oh, and that's okay. fine. Yeah, yeah. Fair. Cool. Yeah. No, sorry. With, uh, say, oat milk or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's relatively sweet anyway. Is there right. any so you can other probably, kind of milk? <laughs> I yeah, only you ever can probably can. you can probably take uh, alternative milks a bit hotter because they've got sweetness in them anyway. Okay, but you will maybe uh, you will maybe take away some flavor from the coffee by doing mm. that. And also, the hotter something is, the less you can taste it anyway. Kind yeah, of, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, true, very true. But I think everyone's palate is different as well, and like. Uh, I don't want to say older people, but people who have been drinking very hot beverages for a long time might be more accustomed to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And 
the different milks uh, are they harder to foam than others? Is foam even the right word? Well, I think like I'm not going to go out and say I know what uh, people are up to with alternative milks, but I think the idea is that they're trying to get something that maybe doesn't taste like regular milk, but de- definitely they want it to steam like regular milk. Right. Um, and like I'm actually dare I say working with a company at the moment. Um, and I'm not going to name the name because I don't want this to come across as like a biased opinion, but uh-huh. they're definitely uh, the best. Th- their milk is definitely the easiest to steam and look like real milk. I'll okay. ask you afterwards. Yeah. 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 Well, sorry, I don't work with the company. I work with the the only person who imports it into Ireland. Okay. And it's an oat milk if you want to let me know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's definitely right. my favourite. It's, it's, it's of no benefit to me, but I just really like your man and his family. Yeah, cool. Will we round off? Yeah, well, we'll let's ask some quick fire questions. Quick fire questions. You can probably tell another joke because you've got your phone in your hand. I can see you're probably ready. Uh, We must be. Jeez, we must be an hour into this, are we? We must be. Thank you for your time. Are we way over it? Good God. uh, Thank you for your time. Uh, Thanks, Jack. uh, Listening to us again. Thank you, Jack, for coming on the show. No problem. Thank you for the coffee. Any TV shows you're enjoying at the moment? Go. No, sorry. Okay, favourite alcoholic beverage? Uh, Margarita. Oh. What do you listen to when you run? Uh, podcasts usually Orlando Del Rey last question what's your favourite podcast Greg Liet. oh Yay. good man okay we're done thank you Jack <laughs> thanks lads right Greg give us a joke I'm gonna give one joke to finish okay what's a witch's favourite subject in school have a clue spelling oh Jesus love us <laughs>